Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. Host of Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise. A podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every Friday, we choose a new craft beer from a different brewery and talk about... The history of the beer. What's in it. How it was made. The history of the brewery. Along with tasting notes and more fun facts. After that, come chill with us as we bring you the latest in pop culture news and reviews. So check out Kraken When Open, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. No, you're gross. You know you're gross. I don't see, I don't. Oh, whoa, whoa, that's not what we do here on FC. That's what I do. <laughs> Adjusting himself in his car with the lights on. He doesn't yeah. even turn the light off in his car. Uh, Gremlins too. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Ah, <laughs> uh, dads, gotta love him. What have I done? What have I done? Hi, I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it's because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or maybe the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Season 8. We made begins. it. I know it does begin during the season of love. Oh, really? Is that what we're it's doing? It's Valentine's Day. That's why we chose these uh, next two movies. Is it Valentine's? Is it beginning it's, of it's, February? Yeah, it's the beginning okay. of February. Right, right. And of course, the appropriate movie that we pick <laughs> deals with unforbidden love. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing today, Butler? We are doing Beautiful Girls. It's a 1996 American romantic comedy drama film directed by Ted Demi. Is it Demi or Dem? I think it's Demi. Like That's John, what I thought. Jonathan yeah. Demi. Yeah. Ted Demi and written by Scott Rosenberg. The story follows New York jazz pianist Willie Conway as he heads back to his hometown of Knights Ridge, Massachusetts for his high school reunion where he finds his friends evaluating their lives and relationships. As I like to describe it, it's the 90s of the 90s movies. It's so 90s. 90s. I like the soundtrack. But anyways, Beautiful Girls <laughs> has a runtime of 112 minutes. It's rated R. I could not find a production budget, which is ridiculous. Ridiculously baffling. Well, I mean, it's kind of, it's not really indie, but it's kind of indie. I should have been able to find a production budget for this movie. It's ridiculous that I didn't. But regardless, <laughs> it came out on February 9th, 1996. So I, almost 24, no, 25 years to the day, almost. To the week. Oh, for when this comes for, out. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's almost the 25 year anniversary of Beautiful Girls. That's why we did this. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't luck into that. There's uh, going to oh. be a Fathom event classics based on uh, this one. Well, I won't be there. Opening weekend, <laughs> 2.7 million. Domestic, 10.6. Worldwide, also 10.6. 
uh, distributed by Miramax Films, and I'm pretty. I'm gonna say it was produced by Miramax Films. It didn't really. I mean, I could have gone back and watched I mean, the movie again. The Weinstein's were producers. True, true. It's also produced by Carrie Woods, so who has done other stuff with the Weinsteins at the time. So I will say that the Miramax logo at the beginning of the film is obnoxiously loud, and <laughs> it's, it's mixed louder than whatever the movie, the version that I watched. Uh, so this came out on the 9th of February, which came up against Broken Arrow, the um, oh, well, who directed that? The John, the John Woo John directed, Woo, yeah. yep. uh, Christian Slater. Uh, John Travolta. John Travolta action movie. That's I, I, that actually was on the other day, and I was watching it. Was it? Yeah. Oof. I uh, prefer I prefer it more schlocky, like Face Off or Con Air. Well, I prefer John Woo's original films, older films like yes. uh, The Killer and Hard Boiled. Hard Boiled is really yeah, good. So I prefer. We, I prefer didn't that. we talk about The Killer just a couple of weeks ago? I don't know if we talked about The Killer. It came up. I know we. T- I know I've talked about before. My one of my favorite scenes, I think, is in Hard Boiled when they. Are f- they're in the hospital and they're going to fight and they're shooting each other. But then they realize they're in, they're in between like the, where they're shooting each other in between them is like 20 to 30 uh, handicapped people. So they put their guns down like they're going to let them go and they start moving. And the bad guy just pulls his gun up and just starts blasting everybody, not caring. I was just like, whoa. <laughs> but, you know. but I just remember that scene. Now, obviously, the scene in the bar with the with the bird cages and all that stuff. Oh, that's yeah. That's yeah. what it's known for. You also had leaving Las Vegas that came out this week. Did you used to leave Las Vegas? Yeah, that's right? a good yep. film. I like that. Uh, in a limited release, you had Heidi Fleiss, Hollywood Madam, for those who remember Heidi Fleiss and that scandal. The 16th of February, which is the week after, you had Muppet, Treasure Island. I'm sure a Butler fave. I like that one. Happy Gilmore, <laughs> which I enjoy. City Hall and Mr. Wrong. I've actually seen all these movies, except Treasure Island. I, so, Yeah. Well, it's a good thing. Show. You could go on Disney Plus right now and watch Is it, it on there? Yeah. Nice. Um, we're not doing unpaid advertising. If we're going to say Disney Plus, they better be giving us money. I just want people to like the Muppets again. Uh, what? They never, they didn't? Who stopped? I don't know. The Muppets just, like, they don't get the Muppets a good break. Their show on Disney Plus was such a, like, we got to put the Muppets on somehow. Listen, the Muppets are, they're, I just think we're beyond the Muppets now I, don't, I think don't you dare don't you dare don't you <laughs> you can't have the same type of show that you had back in the 70s and 80s that and consider that to be what you're going to get now the movie was good the first movie was first good movie's very good the yeah. second movie's all right yeah so anyways on the 2nd of February which is the week before you had the juror with uh who was in that that's uh I know it's John Cusack I can't remember the female lead I'm blank the John Cusack movie Isn't the, that juror? the juror came out yeah. in 1996 yeah isn't that the jury? No. Jurors when he's like trying to. Isn't that him? That's not him? I don't know what's going on. Is it Ashley Judd? Is she in that one? Or she's in Double Jeopardy? This one is the Demi Moore Alec Baldwin film. Oh, ah, okay. Which okay. I have never seen, but I heard of. Yeah. There's like a, yeah. There's some the, kind of genre we've discovered now. The jury <laughs> genre. Yeah. Another one you're talking about, but that's more recent than uh, 1996. Yeah. That was called The Jury? I think it was called The Jury. And then The Juror, and then there's Double Jeopardy, but that's not, has nothing to do with a jury. Is the juror the one with, um, which is the one that's Danny DeVito's in where he's trying to buy jurors or Gene Hackman is in and they're like, that's the firm. I know he's in the firm, but I'm not talking about the firm. And there's so many of them. I don't know. Anyways, you also had Black Sheep, which I really wanted to like, but it wasn't that good. You don't like Black Sheep? I, I don't like it as I liked Chris Farley's other stuff. So, I mean, Black yeah, Sheep's got some gonna, really it, good lines. I'm not saying it does it, but like you're never going to be Tommy Boy. So, that's true. You had White Squall and Dead Man Walking. Dead Man Walking is, I think, a wide here because it was limited before the Oscar season and then of the year prior. Then you had a limited release, Ghost in the Shell, and Never Ending Story 3, which I, I don't think I've ever seen. 
second one's with Jonathan Brandis, right? Mm-hmm. I've never seen the third one. I know I've seen it, but I don't remember anything of anything other than the first one. <laughs> so Butler told you that Ted Demi was the director of this. He actually he obviously did the ref, which we did this past holiday season. He did Blow and Monument Avenue, uh, written by Scott Rosenberg, who has also written Con Air, Disturbing Behavior, High Fidelity, and Venom, to name a few. Um, he actually wrote this movie while waiting to hear about Con Air, whether Con Air was going to get into production. I guess that's some the story behind it, that he was hmm. home. Uh, and he was started writing about his friends and whatnot, which we'll get into a little bit later. Cinematography by Adam Kimmel, who's done Capote, Lars and the Real Girl, and Mark Felt, the man who brought down the White House, the most the longest title I've ever had to read. Composer David A. Stewart, who did Showgirls, Cookies Fortune, Alfie, and the upcoming BTS Dynamite, or maybe it's out already. <laughs> Produced by Carrie Woods, like I said before, he has done So I Married an Axe Murder, which we did a while ago. I can't remember which season. Uh, was it season? I want to say it's season five, right before Audience Choice, but it might. No, because season five is Audience, Audience Choice. It might be in season four then, okay. before Audience Choice. Uh, he also did Rudy, Swingers, and Scream, which is funny because Scream comes out the same year as this. And as we'll get to, what's his face is in this David movie? Arquette. David Arquette. Yeah. And it's like completely a different, like it's almost like he plays younger in this, obviously, but. He it's also just, looks younger. Yeah, than it's weird. Scream. I thought the same thing. I was like, wasn't Scream 96? Uh, maybe, maybe um, this was shot. Maybe this was pushed back. I should have looked into that. I was assuming it must be a 95 filming, but well, you definitely. think it may be 94 but, filming? But Scream's got to be shot in 95 Exactly, well. yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Unless I, they're I, like, you're too thin, David. Can you beef up a little bit? <laughs> by Jeffrey Wolf. He's done Billy Madison, Cecil B. Demented, and Bachelorette, to name a few. So now this cast is long. There is a lot of people in this cast it's a who's who of who's it, in the 90s it is it is a <laughs> like i said the 90s of 90s movies so i will get through this as fast as i can matt Dillon plays tommy birdman that's his nickname he was nominated for an oscar for crash he's also in the outsiders drugstore cowboy and of course herbie fully loaded <laughs> <laughs> noah emmerich <laughs> as michael or mo as he's called emmerich is in the americans tv show he's also the truman show frequency which we both like mm-hmm. and miracle which is a fantastic film Timothy Hutton plays Willie. He won an Oscar for his role in Ordinary People. Uh, he's also in Taps, The Dark Half, and Leverage, the TV show, which I'm not a fan of. It's all right. It's not good. It's like, do you remember? Well, The Librarians. Yeah. Okay. Like that movie, I watched like two or three of those movies and I wanted to like those movies so much. And I'm just like, these are so hokey. These are so, no, there's a better way to do this. And then it became a show. Yeah, I mean, leverage is for when it's Sunday, you've just gone grocery shopping, it's like a rainy day and you have nothing to do and you're just like, all right. Uh, see, I think leverage is a, is a type of show in that ilk where 10, 15, 20 years ago, that show is a big hit. But because there is so much out now, because streaming is, you know, there's so many new shows everywhere. Right. It's a show that would not get made if it if it was pitched today. It would be different, maybe. Maybe it would be a different style. I think it would be different. Take yeah. itself a little bit more seriously. Yeah. yeah. You had Max Perlick as Kev uh, from Camp Me Love. I like that movie. Gross Anatomy and House on Haunted Hill. Michael Rappaport as Paul. He is in True Romance, Deep Blue Sea, Kiss of Death, and Higher Learning. Uma Thurman as Andera or on Andera? Is that what they call her? I think they call her Andera, Andera in the yeah. movie, yeah. She was nominated for an Oscar in Pulp Fiction. She's also in Kill Bill 1 and 2. And she's also in The War with Grandpa, FYI out there. She's actually pretty funny. In that. She's Grandpa's daughter. She is. She is, uh, what's his face's kid? Robert De Niro. De Niro. Geez, I can't believe I blanked on that. Mira Sorvino plays Sharon, hot off her Oscar win from Mighty Aphrodite. She's also in Mimic and Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, which will be next week's movie. Uh, Lauren Holly as Darian. <laughs> 
Yeah, she's in Dumb and Dumber. She's also in the TV show NCIS, which apparently I didn't realize is on like its 28th season or something like that. The thing is still going. How many more murders are going to be different enough for people? I don't know. Listen, the naval something, something, something need to bust into that. I don't even know what the NCIS stands for. She's also on any given Sunday. I think you had it right. Other than the something, 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 something. Naval Central Intelligence something system. No, service. (laughs) (laughs) Annabeth Gish as Tracy. She is a Nixon, Wider, Mystic Pizza, and Butler. The X-Files. That's right. The last two seasons. The last two seasons. And then... She appeared That's as right. more or less a bad guy, which on I the, did not uh, like. Reboot. I did not like. That. No, it was such a heel yeah. turn that it made no sense. I didn't like. She was taking care of him, the cigarette smoking man. It's better to be closer to your enemies. Ridiculous. What are you talking about? No, it's not. It's completely ridiculous. Ridiculous. And also, uh, when are you a caretaker? How'd you become a nurse? Yeah, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna turn this podcast has now turned into the anti X Files. No, I think anti- I, I like. We, I can't yeah. do that. No, no, no. I can't. I don't like that thing. But I, I they can make another one. They can make another season of X Files, and it could be the worst. And I will still watch it it doesn't matter i mean yeah but i'll be sad about it but yeah don't be sad rosie o'donnell <laughs> plays gina she's in sleepless in seattle league of her own and another stakeout if you don't know who rosie o'donnell the is. flintstones movie yeah i didn't i didn't want to put that in her credit <laughs> i figured she didn't want that martha plimpton as jan uh everyone knows martha plimpton from the goonies and she's in parenthood she's also in the tv show raising hope if you haven't seen that that's actually pretty funny mm-hmm. And then Ann Bobby as Sarah, who's in the TV show Cop Rock. If you haven't seen that, don't worry. The pickup artist and born on the 4th of July. And then Odie Young, Natalie Portman as Marty. Uh, she won an Oscar for Black Swan. She's also been nominated for Jackie, Closer. And she's in the recent Lucy in the Sky, which I've yet to see. That ticks me off because it was done by the guy who created Fargo, the TV show. So I do need to see that. All right. So then now, now that's like, I would say that that's the, not the main cast, but that's a bulk of the drama revolves around the people i just talked about now i'm going to give you the people that were kind of ancillary people they're in there they're not in there a lot they should maybe should be in there a little bit more you had pruitt taylor vance as stanley or stinky he is he, he owns the bar one of the bars he, uh, he's an identity constantine which is a movie we did and mississippi burning which is a fantastic film david arquette as we just talked about before as bobby conway he plays willie's bro- younger brother He's in Ready to Rumble, another movie we did, Scream, which is coming out at some point the same year that this movie came out, 96, and Ravenous. Sam Robards at Steve. He's the son of Jason Robards. Uh, he is in American Beauty. He's also in AI, Artificial Intelligence, and Casualties of War. You had John Carroll Lynch as Frank. He's, you see him one time, but he is the husband in Fargo of um, Francis McDormand's character. I don't know. I always remember that. Adam Lefevre as Victor, who's in The Ref, which we just saw. This makes sense because there's a lot of people that carry over from The Ref into this movie since it's Ted Demi. It's just like a lot of background people, a lot of uh, people in the, like the editors and all the stuff that I listed before. Right. They had The Ref in their credits. I didn't want to just say The Ref 85 <laughs> times. And then you had Richard Bright as Dick Conway, who plays Willie's father. And the reason why I want to, I had Richard Bright here is do you watch him? On the screen, you see him, he's in maybe, he's got a funny time where he keeps telling her it's superb, everything's superb. And you watch it and you're like, oh, oh it's father's nice. And he's in maybe like 10 minutes of the movie. But you don't realize that he's had a big, big, long career. He's been in all three Godfathers. He's in the Panic and Needle Park, Marathon Man, and Looking for Mr. Goodbar, just to name a few. So when you see an older actor in one of these movies and it's kind of like a throwaway movie, you're like, ah, oh, that old guy's like, you should really go looking back at their credits because they've done some really good stuff and, you know, they're still in the biz. So right. Yeah. I wanted to throw that out there. All right. Michael has never seen this movie. That is Mike Butler. Mm-hmm. I have. I, like I said, this is uh, 96. So I was probably, I was 21 when this came out. So I really couldn't probably relate to people in their 30s trying to figure out what they're going to do with their life. But I did relate to a lot of the dialogue and the conversations and just kind of the writing of the piece. That's probably why I was a little bit more 
uh, attracted to the movie when, when it first came out. I get the feeling that Mike did not like it. So I'm going to have Mike tell me kind of like maybe like just something that jumped out at you want to first talk about or what you complain about. I know you're going to go straight to she's 13 years old. And he's <laughs> on her. I get that. Everyone understands that. But if you want to start off with that, that's fine. Go ahead. You don't know what I thought about this movie. I, you're I, assuming I don't like this you, movie because I only, I only told you my main complaint. You showed up and you, you showed up and you started talking smack as soon as about the movie. As soon as you showed up to my house, so yes, I assumed that <laughs> <laughs> this movie's all right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't hate this movie. I think the end of the movie is much better than the beginning of the movie. Sure, it takes a long time for you to care about these characters. At first, I was like, these guys all suck. And yes, Timothy Hutton. Oh, what the hell is he doing with Natalie Portman? That's gross. It's creepy. First of all, he doesn't do anything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's disgusting. It but it's but completely it's inappropriate. It. And he doesn't get, get it. it until the very end. He does get and it. And even when he gets it, he still doesn't get it. He does get it. He does <laughs> get it. I get it. I understand what you're saying. Uh, so that that's tough. And, and it's tough because he's the most relatable character, I think. Yep. Release for me is because he's trying to be an artist and stuff like that. Well, I don't think you're supposed to. to I don't life. really think you're supposed to like these people in, in the beginning. I think you're not. I no, I don't think you are. To, but yeah. I think it takes you way too long to start to maybe like them or start to understand them. Uh, but I, I thought the movie was OK. I, I enjoyed it. I think some of the dialogue is really heavy handed. Some of the monologues don't land. Well, it's very monologue. It's very, it's very uh, theatrical. Sometimes. Yeah. It, sometimes it gets too indie in, in that kind of way that the dialogue is written. But there are some parts of that that I do like that I still appreciate. And I'm like, OK, I like that line, even though no one in the world would say that. Sure. In real life, I do like that. Mm -hmm. And I think the actor, I think Matt Dillon is really good. Uh, I think Timothy Hutton, who's a very, he's a very good actor. He's really good. And I think a lot of the supporting characters are really good. I, I enjoyed seeing like a young Michael Rappaport, even if he's just a complete douche. <laughs> the he, whole doesn't, movie. he doesn't get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but no, I, I thought the movie was pretty good. It took me a while to get there. Yeah. The whole half the movie, I was like, this movie's not very good. And then the Damn, last like, Butler, I think come on, the last 55 minutes of the movie, I was I was really into it. OK, uh, I, I think one thing that this movie maybe suffers from is that it has a lot of subplots that. It, you find it hard to focus on which one we're supposed to stay with in terms of what the main plot is. I think the yeah, re I agree. The reason why the this movie stands out a lot of times is because Natalie Portman was when the movie came out, nobody knew who she was, and then when she, when she was in this movie, that was the first thing that everyone talked about was her acting was was the was the girl. Oh, this is before great. Leon. This no, I take it back. That 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 this was after it, but this was. Like she was the one thing that they kind of glommed on to. Yes. Yeah. That she was, you know, very good in this movie and just, you know, and yet her dialogue is very, it's, she's, it's precocious. It's very adult. Um, her conversations with Timothy Hutton or Willie, um, it, it is, it, it, but it makes complete sense that she would develop a crush on him in terms of just kind of like looking up. Right. To, yeah. Right. right. And when he tells Mo, he's drunk when he's doing that. And yes, I know what you're saying. He knows it's inappropriate, but it delivers one of the funniest moments in the movie is when she's skating and she falls in his arms. Oh, take me. And then you see Mo skating. Well, he's like, what the? What? He's, and like, he's just, yeah, no. he's just staring. <laughs> and then, you know, later on when Paul's like, uh, talk, okay, Jerry Lee Lewis, he's like, fucking like, Mo. Yeah. yeah, like stuff like that. You know, they're just ripping on him. But I think this movie could easily go a different way. This movie could easily be extremely cynical. Um, even though you have people struggling in terms of relationships, struggling in terms of growing up or 
figuring out what they want to do with their lives. Like and Willie going home and com- not understanding, you know, giving up on his dream, quote unquote. Right. He could come off very whiny. I mean, it, it gets to that point, but not really. Like they all can come off very just like you really could not like them at all. But I no, think, that's what I think the movie yeah. succeeds in. Yeah. In stopping that they go so close to the line of making them intolerable right and then that last 50 minutes like i don't think uh with the exception of i think uh paul who doesn't deserve to be happy i don't think yet. well he he's not he's just i think at the end of the movie when he's clean he's given up he knows that it's not going to happen right yeah. yeah no yeah um but i think everybody else deserves their kind of happy ish ending i think everyone learns their lesson everyone becomes better for the experience of that two weeks that they're there. And I think that works. Yeah. Well, even Paul at the end of the movie says that they're married. Victor and Jen are engaged and he's like, ah, oh, forget it. Whatever. You know, he throws that line in there. He says it quick. You might miss it. But yeah. yeah you no, know, he exactly. He's no. like, yeah, I don't care. But that's the thing too. Like they have, you have Paul's storyline, you have Willie's storyline, you have Tommy's story, Tommy's storyline. And then you have Uma Thurman there and Dira. And it's funny because she's in the movie and you could easily see like she, oh, she could become a love interest of Willie. That's kind of like what they try to set up. And he even tries to push it for a little bit, you know? See, I never got that. I mean, yeah. I got that she, she was like, hmm, go and should play this piano thing or whatever. Right. But I never really thought that was going to happen because he already has, he's already torn between Tracy and uh, Marty, mm-hmm. who's kind of his dream of staying young forever. And it's like throwing her into the mix, I think would have been too much. I agree. Yeah. So I think she's just there as this. I didn't think anyone was going to end up with Andira. I felt like she was, and I should have looked at her name is so weird. It's got to mean something. Okay. Uh, but she's almost there as this deus ex machina kind of character. She mm. is this angel that comes down. Like what's his face from uh, it's a wonderful life. Um, oh, uh, Clarence, Clarence. She's yeah. almost like the Clarence type character. She's there to go on that date with Paul. She's there to have that conversation with Tommy at the end. She's there to have that conversation with Willie at the end about yeah. all this stuff. And she's there to help change their lives and go back to her happy life where she's already resigned herself to I found something that makes me happy. I don't need to go back and look backwards right. all the time. Well she yeah she tells Willie that you know they have a whole thing where like you know somebody who just tells me uh no not, that's with that's with, with Tommy, Tommy yeah someone sweet dreams sweet dreams ba- girl or baby, baby girl, girl or yeah something like that. Basically the simplifying somebody who always reminds you know always there for me kind of right, thing. Right yeah. You know Tommy it takes Tommy a while to realize that that's Sharon. That's Sharon. Yeah. yeah. But they're not married, right? Are they married Sharon and Todd? No, that's the whole thing. Right. She they're wants not. him to be engaged because right. they've been going out for two years. I know Paul was going out with Jan for seven years. Yeah. And then it's Brown. <laughs> it's Brown. It's champagne. <laughs> it's the new thing. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Tommy, I think, was like two years or something like that. Yeah. But I like the beginning when Tommy and oh, what's his face? Oh, Kev. In the in, when Tommy and Kev go when they're plowing plower or driveway and she gives him the hot Darian's cocoa. Plow it. Yeah. Driveway, and, yeah. And he's all Kev's all disgusted by getting the cocoa and stuff like that. Yeah. And he goes. Oh, you know, he's all like, oh, this is gross. You know, she's married. He goes, no shit. And he drives away. Yeah. And you don't get quite why he's that disgusted about it. I'm like, all right, this is typical, you know, movie. Well, you got relationships. the sense that he was, she was hitting on him. Oh, no, yeah. that's the thing. But yeah. I didn't. But then you realize that Tommy is also seeing someone as well for a long time. And yeah. that's why Kev was disgusted. But I like that. It's that slow burn of, of figuring that out. I did enjoy that scene. I like to be like, I don't have styrofoam. I'll bring it back. Like yeah, who the, doesn't have styrofoam? I mean, she's, just yeah, st- she's married, Tommy. Shut, shut the fuck up or whatever. He's like, no that. shit. You know, shit. That's right. I actually like when Willie comes back and they all like, hey, and they're all like getting together. Like it, you could easily chalk all that like, hey, what's going on? How you 
doing all that stuff to just extraneous dialogue, but it's not because you know that even what they're saying, whether it's how you doing, oh, I'm doing good. I'm just doing this. There's unsaid dialogue that's underneath all that, that is not being said. And it, I liked that even though they were, it seemed like innocuous dialogue of I'm doing fine. I'm doing this, this, that, it, it, you know, that with the looks and how they are acting and kind of like how they're being sheepish about some, some things that, you know, there's more there. And I think to your point, as the movie goes on, that stuff just boils over as it's always going to do when you get together with your friends. After Absolutely. A while, yeah. Which I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why I really like this movie is I, I enjoy the dialogue. I enjoy the, the process of friends getting together, but you know, it becomes, you know, what it turns into what and what the reality of their lives. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's no. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I even love like at the end of the movie when he's leaving and Kev says that line to him, stay cool, stay cool forever. I love that line just because it's like going off in their lives again. And, and you, it's almost like you, you want to stay there and just see what, what else happens. Right. You know what I mean? Which to that point, the writer actually did Scott Rosenberg did a movie, did a TV show called October road, which is supposed to be a continuation of this story. Oh really? So, but it's more of, Willie's character, I think the characters have changed, but well, I take it back. There's a character in there that writes a book about his hometown. So basically Scott's Scott care, his character, okay. Rosenberg, the writer wrote a book about his hometown and he goes back home and he has to deal with the after effects of putting all his friends in a book. And it's only like, <laughs> it's like 40 episodes. It's only like a season and a half maybe. But I was, I was like, Oh, it's interesting. I, I, but it was supposed to be a continuation of this story. Like these are the, these are his friends that he based it upon. And now, the TV show is those friends and like how they react to being on TV and did a book and stuff like that. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So I thought that was, I thought, I thought that was interesting. We talked about Darian a little bit. Let's, let's talk about, <laughs> but she just does not care. She sucks. <laughs> well, she was drunk when she goes to his birthday party, but well, obviously, yeah, but she just does not care about who knows that she's stepping out uh, on her husband. No. And somehow she thinks Steve, her husband doesn't know. Right. Which clearly he does, you find at the end, which duh. Yeah. But yeah, she is just so out there in the open about it. Mm-hmm. She's a she's a bitch. Well, she that's sucks. what the guys <laughs> the guy at their reunion, because they all come the reason why Willie comes home is because he's he's here for a high school reunion. High school reunion, yeah. Which they're which they never end up going. They to. never go to and you only see like once one scene, and that's when Darian goes and that guy tells him, You're real mean, you're real meanie when you're you know, that kind of thing. You, you were queen. I called her a mean girl. He's like, he says you're, you were the devil. You oh, were you were the a devil. Mean, you were, you were a mean snake or something like that. You were a snake. Yeah. You were a snake. Were a yeah. snake. Yeah. yeah. And, but I'm trying to figure out they're in there. They're near their thirties. So this must be a 10 year anniversary. It is their 10 year yeah, anniversary. Okay. Yep. They do say that. But so you, you, they, they do. So that's why he comes home for that whole reason. They, like Mike says, they never go end up going to the thing because they get, you know, Tommy gets beat up, which, you know, in that scene, I thought he was asking to get beat up. And then he almost was just kind of like he got threatened. So he is, you know, he became a macho guy. Yeah. 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 He was okay with it. And then he had to go and like make a big deal out of it. And then he was like, all right, yeah. but he takes all those guys out. I mean, he fight, he fights them off. Yeah, that, I don't, that yeah, cheap those shot. guys were those, those guys were uh they suck. <laughs> uh Tony Scott was gonna direct this movie. Really? Yeah, well he turned it, but he turned it down because he didn't he thought that the focus on the drama and the dialogue, he wouldn't be able to do justice for that because that's not the type of movie that he would do. Well, that, that's props to him to understanding that that's not his lane. His wheelhouse, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, and I know that we, speaking of the dialogue, you know, Paul's monologue, which he talks, that whole beautiful girl monologue. I hate that monologue. But that's not his. That's from a song. That's from a Taking Back Sunday song called Great Romances of the 20th Century. So that's not that his. That explains why I don't like it. Because I don't like Taking Back Sunday. <laughs> Sorry, Elise. <laughs> uh, but no, I thought that was awful. And it was just so cheesy. And the way he said it was bad. I was like, oh, that's so bad. That's so indie movie awful. Like just kind of trying to expound your emotions, like you're saying some soliloquy from Shakespeare, and I was just, ah, oh, this sucks. Yeah, but but um, then I, then but then Matt, when Matt Dillon does his thing at the end, I'm like, I like that. Which which when he's on the hospital bed and talks about his life and what he what he uh, wants, talks to Sharon. Yeah, okay. I liked that scene, and I was like, all right, that kind of makes up for that shitty beautiful. Did girl. you like Rosie O'Donnell's uh, scene? So I want to talk about that. I liked it. Well, explain but, it first before you go through. Okay, so Willie and Tommy are walking with Gina, Gina, who is basically, she owns a salon and she's kind of who everybody goes to for advice and stuff like that. So they're both talking to Gina. We don't know what their initial conversation was, but right. she talks about, you know, how they only see women as boobs and super, they all want supermodels, but they'd be bored of supermodels. Women with big boobs have big butts, big bodies. That, that big bodies, That's how yeah. it works. Yeah. That's how God, that's how God did it. Tiny yeah. butt, tiny boobs, yeah. big yep. boobs, big yep. butt. Yep. And she goes through, they go through the supermarket. She starts, or the pharmacy, she starts buying some groceries and does a checkout throughout their whole monologue about that. And Tommy and Willie are both kind of very bemused by what she's yeah, saying. Yeah. And it's it's really well done. And I, I know Rosie O'Donnell gets a lot of crap nowadays, but I like Rosie O'Donnell a lot back, especially a lot of her 90s things. Right. I would have much preferred that scene done as one single take. Well, there are a couple. There's a moment where there is a there's one. There's a long and, one. Right. And, I'm, yeah. and then it stops, though. Yeah, I got you. And I was like, oh, they almost had it. Yeah. But I was still impressed by the one take. And I, I agree with you. I would have been completely fine with that. I don't know. Maybe they just couldn't do it or maybe the logistics of moving the camera around, whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, that scene is written like that. Yeah. And I like that scene. I, I like everything that she's saying. It's it's problem is it's out of place in the movie. It it just plops right in there. That's why I don't like that. We don't know what the initial conversation was. Right. You understand why the women are going to her. Yes. But you don't understand what. Tommy and Willie's relationship with her is right. There's no, I'm sure we're missing a scene, but it's, it's just like, it goes from one moment and then boom, they're walking across the street with her and she does her whole thing. They go back and she leaves and that's it. Boom. And we're off to something else. And it's just kind of like, it's almost like they didn't, they didn't want to lose that scene because it's, it's good. Yeah. And it kind of sums up like the um, childish ways of, the, of all the boys, of all the guys. It really sums up Paul better than anybody. Oh, absolutely. But, but like, it's about, well, to be fair, I mean, that's like, that's all of them too, because Willie can't figure out, I mean, he's got a great woman that he, but she's not the supermodel. Right. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Like the, cause, cause later on, but that leaves Willie to tell Paul, take down those posters. You look like a true, killer. but is that, that scene also is, is that scene before he's rating the women when they ask him rate, rate greater? Is that before that? I don't Which think one, so. Which one, the Gina scene? No, the scene when he's with Mo and Kevin, they're playing NHL 96, oh, yes. <laughs> and um, It goes, Gina scene comes before the rating. Right. The rating comes before Willie saying, take these pictures. But see, that's what I'm saying. The rating, mm -hmm. it proves that Gina is correct. Like, yeah. So it's almost like Willie doesn't learn that lesson because the rating is, it, it's, here's the thing with the rating. They're basically asking him to rate his girlfriend in terms of face, body. Face, body, and personality. personality. And so then he's like, wait a minute, I need like a, a litmus test. So they yeah, go through baseline. their high school crushes. Right. And he, which you don't know them. So and it's obviously it's extremely like, oh, come on, dude, you guys are being ridiculous. But here's the thing. Dudes do this. Guys do this. Right. You know, you know what I mean? So 
it's while it's so stupid to watch on screen, so stupid, like, oh, my God, I, I can't believe they're doing it's this. It's real. It's really what happens. Right. But it also gets to the point where Willie's got to learn that he's being ridiculous. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's 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 being foolish with with his hesitation with Tracy. So uh, but I think that if that came before the Gina scene, it might have been better if the Gina scene came after that. Because having it after Gina basically telling them, you know, you guys are idiots. It kind of like he almost doesn't learn that lesson a little bit. Well, he definitely doesn't because they're both very bemused the whole time. Like, (laughs) she's crazy. Yeah. Uh, It's not until later that they kind of realize they're right. And it's the rating that kind of spurs him on to the next scene with Gina where Gina tells him, you're with Tracy and you want to get you want this person. But there's a thousand people that are like that with your girl that want your girl. I think you have. Yeah. That you have it made. Although, does she tell it to Willie or does she tell it to Tommy? No, I think she says she it says to it Willie. Willie. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that's a good point. And I think that's the second thing he needs to hear. Yeah. And then there's the, I want to talk about Mo and his wife's relationship because there's, I think we missed something with Mo and Sarah when he goes off to go fight, when he finds out that Tommy got beat up by Steve. Yep. And he's going, he's going, where are they? And he runs off and Sarah's yelling at him. What are you doing? What are you doing? And he goes off and then he comes back after the whole thing and apologizes. Right. I feel like we missed something. You well, know? I don't think so. I think. He's supposed to be the one that's been his grown up. He's supposed to be the one that has it. Yeah. And by doing that, he reverts back into this 15, 16 year old kid again. And he has to apologize. Like, that's not who I am. I'm this husband. I'm supposed to be responsible. I've got my shit together. And I went out to try to lose all that. Right. You know, who said who's to say that Steve didn't call the cops instead of his buddies and stuff like that. Right. 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 So I think that's why he's apologizing. He's apologizing for how stupid and immature and thoughtless he was Mm -hmm. that he has he's not like the rest of those guys he's Mm -hmm. throwing away a wife and kids if he does that right right he would get himself into serious trouble doing that yeah Yeah, i I like mo a lot in this movie i think noah emmerich i always like noah emmerich but i like the way he plays that character of being still being one of the guys right and never imposing on them with i've got a wife and kids you don't understand what it's like man (laughs) but he's he's still watches them and and knows and tries to tell you know, even tells Willie, you know, don't be a salesman. Go, yeah. Go he, do your dream. Like, uh, yeah. When he, yeah. 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 You would hate it. You'd be terrible at it. Yeah. yeah absolutely. He's like, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. Instead of being like, yeah, man. Cause normally those characters are like, no man. Yeah. You should be a sales. Go settle down, man. So have some kids, have a wife, man. That's how it is, man. And he's like, no, that's not you though. That's not, that might be me and us, yeah. but that's not you. And even Tracy tells that to him at the end too. When he, she, he's like, I don't want to be. A sales, a sales. Oh, she says, I don't want you to be a salesman. No, you know, oh, no, I don't that. think I'm not yeah. gonna take that job. And she's like, Good, I don't think you'd be very good at it. Yeah, not, you know, you're not salesmen aren't sexy. That salesmen kind of aren't sexy. And I also I love the line when she when they're making out and she's like, This is awkward. <laughs> and she's like, Well, you've never had sex in your bedroom before. He's like, nope, not, not with anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was a good line too. There's all the, like see, that's the thing. Like talking about the movie more and, and and thinking about the movie more, I just appreciate what they're trying to maybe what the the attempt at what they're trying to do. It's probably it's not perfect. Like we just talked about like some scenes don't seem like they fit also there are so many interesting characters within the story that you want more of certain characters and you don't get it because they're trying to it's only it's two hours this movie could easily be two hours and 45 minutes right we always say this this probably movie would probably fit better if it was a series Uh, we always we always say that i could see this is a limited hbo one of those limited ones but you're but here's the thing i wouldn't watch it here's the thing as a filmmaker 
This is the type of movie that I would love to do. I would love to go off and shoot. Oh, I, I know. This is this is right up your alley. Oh, of course. <laughs> the whole well, time I'm, I watch this, I'm like, I know I feel like, like this. But movie. I'm asking you. This it's all your. your <laughs> what about you? Would this be a movie that you would get into? Because it's it's. This isn't a movie I would write. No, I'm talking but, about performance. This being. is a movie that I would absolutely perform, and this is a yeah. movie that I would love to play one of these characters. I mean, obviously, I think I'd, I'd like to play Willie's character. Or maybe even Michael Rappaport's character. I think you're more of the. I, I don't. Think I, obviously, the, I can't be Tommy. No. Well, why, you make me Kev. I swear no, to God. No, no. <laughs> no. I would. I would say that you're. I would think you would be a better person. One of the characters that is from the hometown, like didn't leave. I don't think gotcha. you'd be a Willie character. No, no, definitely not Kev. Come relax. <laughs> Got anything with my mustache? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Um, no, I think you would be Who more. Who doesn't have yeah. styrofoam this time of year? <laughs> no, I think you'd be more of like. Uh, you could even do the Noah Emmer character. You could even do like the father kind of, you know, settle down type thing. Maybe, you know? yeah. But yeah, but I think it could be one of those guys. Absolutely. But I, I, that's when I'm watching this. I was wondering. I'm like, I wonder if Butler would want to be in this movie. No, yeah, the yeah. dialogue's really good, and the yeah. relationship between because all the characters. Because there's a lot you good. can do in this movie. Right. You know what I mean? It allows you to stretch and be like the way you want to be. What I like about this movie, which I don't usually like, like a lot of the movies you liked, like this. I have problems with a lot of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is, I think Marty is maybe a little too smart for her own good, but she never crosses what I call the Juno line was just like, Oh my God, no, no. <laughs> uh, I think the dialogue is authentic in terms of really, obviously it's a movie, so they're going to say what's on their mind a lot more, mm-hmm. but the dialogue is so authentic and real and their issues that they're having might be overblown, you know, Tommy and uh, Darian and, and all that. Darian? Right. Darren. Darren, Darren, yeah, the yeah. Lauren Holly character, yeah, is a little. It's a weird name. It's a yeah. little overblown, and then obviously Willie and Marty's relationship is gross. But it's all the stuff that they say and his emotions, like Willie, everything Willie says to. Goddamn, I'm so bad with names. Everything Willie says to Andera in the fishing house, the fishing yep. Uh, yep. shack, yep. is so real and so, like that's like that's. Like that, I related to Willie's character a lot because a he's this artist that's like, should I like, I'm in my 30s now, should I stop? Mm-hmm. And the, the never want to grow up thing right. is definitely something that I I have I know I have an issue with. Aww. And it's like a lot of the stuff he says to her is, is so authentic and true. And I'm like, no one would say this out loud to any human being, but it's a movie, and right. the dialogue is superb, and the way he acts it and the way he says it, his. His wanting to sleep with Andera is is kind of like obviously he's not going to, but I'd be a fool not to ask. Right. I like right. all that. It's very not off putting. Awkward. No, no. What's where it's like it's nice. It's it's like um sweet, sweet, but in like a, a endearing, endearing. It's yeah. a very endearing kind of thing that he right, says. Right. And you, you, I, I you like get the sense moments. that yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. You like get he's the not sense. going to. Right. You get the sense that if she said, Yeah, go ahead, you'd be like, Oh, I was just Exactly. Yeah, get, yeah. He doesn't, yeah. He knows that she's not going to, and but he just, you know, he's he likes having the conversation with her. Yeah. I get you. No, absolutely. Um their conversation at the piano is also real good right before that. Right. The whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I should say that the, so in this movie, they all sing the Neil Diamond song. Um Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline. That is that predates what they do at the Fenway Park when the Boston sings that uh, during whatever the seventh inning or sixth inning, whenever they sing it. So uh, for those out there, that predates that tradition. So I just want to do they? Know. Well, it also takes place in Massachusetts. Do they do that this, because of this? Movie? Well, this is supposed to take place in. Uh, this is based on Rosenberg's friends from his hometown in Needham, Mass. But they shoot in Minnesota, and it's supposed to be just any town anywhere. Like that's the idea. So they don't ever say. 
You get the sense that are in New England. Well, I saw the license plates. Oh, I got you. But, so but they shot in Minnesota. <laughs> right. I, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense because you want it to get snowy and yeah, you got to you got to depend which is, on that, which is pretty, pretty, pretty good that, you know, you you had the snow and it snowed on certain scenes. I wonder if like they're rushing to get, you know, the scenes done and get like when he picks him up from the So the night before it snows in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. he picks him up at the. A bus stop and there's snow on the ground. You got to wonder if they're like, okay, it snowed last night. Let's go do this scene because there's snow on the ground and we can get going. You know what I mean? Oh, maybe. Yeah. It's just, just that, that kind of like uh, the the idea about getting it shot. Well, everything's on location. So maybe, yeah, they planned around. If right. it snows, we're going to do the snowplow scenes to the outdoor scenes and then everything else right. is going to be indoors. And like for two to three weeks before the movie, the cast actually lived together. To and Demi had the cast live together for two or three weeks to kind of like have that bond where they could get to, which that is a great. Idea. I was gonna say their chemistry, like the, all the guys' chemistry is so yeah. real, which is a great, yeah, which is a great idea. I don't give a movie a knock when I feel like dialogue is either staged or feels movie, movie like dialogue I, as much as you do, because I like, I think I've talked about it before. I enjoy that moment, I don't mind being like. I know people don't talk like this half the time. I know Gina doesn't have that huge monologue in the beginning of the movie, you know, but, but some movies that are like this, especially indie films, I just, I enjoy that because it's just, I don't know. I just, I wrap myself around that movie indie blanket. I just like that. There's another thing like this movie is not made today. This movie's not made today because this movie is not big enough to be made today. You know what I mean? Like it's, this is like this. I said, there's no, the production budget here was not available. It's probably like you said, what'd you say? 5 million, 10 million. Probably, oh, I couldn't look. It made ten million. It's probably under ten million for sure. These yeah. people aren't really huge right now. No, they're and 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 they probably took cuts to do this movie and stuff like that. So, but like that's like it's very similar to the ref, like you know, in terms of the dialogue heavy, smaller scale deals with real things. The ref is a little better. I will tell you, ref has got uh, much better. The ref inter- is the ref is more of a comedy. It's it sure. got a lot more goof. Goofy stuff, sure. In it, though, so I think I don't. I don't know if I would compare this to the ref. Well, I would compare because it it's the same director. That's why I'm comparing. I it. guess, yeah. Same, same mentality, same kind of style, if you will. Same style for sure. That's all. Yeah. That's all it I'm definitely saying. has the same style. I'm not saying it's not about the same concepts. It's just the same style. See, where you ramp yourself in the indie blanket, though, I Come think with it's me, like brother. it's good. I think it's an indie weight. I. Oh, see, I, I think so many people depend on, I'm going to have this snappy, witty dialogue. And it's just so overdone no, like that. I, I, but I'm t- just like, you're trying to be indie. There and are I hate movies that do that. Indie. No, I agree with you. There are movies that do that. But that has a lot to do with people not comfortable in their own directing style or, or writing style, or editing style. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's a bunch of 20 year olds seeing clerks and going, I'm making clerks. I absolutely understand that. <laughs> and I get that. There is, but I don't see that with this movie. Maybe in certain, certain there are certain scenes, moments, but it does forgive itself because the right. characters are so well made right. and stuff but nothing's like that. perfect man nothing's perfect he's you know not for anything but i have the note here that he wrote the script in five days no he did not he <laughs> might have wrote the treatment he might have wrote the rough draft but he did not he did not write this script in five days he he might he might have done something in five days and then he had to rewrite it because there's i'm sorry it's not it's not happening it's not possible <laughs> it's not possible it's just not possible well i'm glad that you kind of liked it how about that it just took me a while to, to glom onto it and the the marty stuff is is gross like it's just it's on it's not acceptable it's just not acceptable <laughs> you know maybe you know i wait i wait like 10 years and then maybe no no you're gross you know you're gross i don't see i don't, I don't view, care how I drunk you get you I don't, don't say that i don't view that again the same way that he had this conversation with adair which he he said things but he knew it was never going to get to that point i feel the same way about him with marty is i don't i think he just liked the attention 
I think he liked that somebody he knew that, you know, he felt that she idolized him and he liked that. I think he liked just something. It was something new and something different. And like you said, it's a connection to his being younger. Man, I don't from think that it, first scene. All I thought was, man, this is one creepy. No, see, I didn't get that. I, did, I didn't get that at all. And and to her credit, to Portman's act credit, it's like you talked about, like it could have easily gone into like the Juno type area with her with her dialogue and just being a little like way precocious. I think that you do see moments where she is still a kid and that she she, you know, she has like emotion. Like even when he's trying to talk to her and she's going into the house and she's like, I'm just I'm going in. Like you could tell that, you know, she maybe just doesn't want to deal with it right now or something. Like you know what I mean? Like it's right, too yeah. heady for her, that kind of thing. So I, I thought that that was I thought that that was done well. And that's that. And that's probably why she was, you know, kind of signaled singled out when this movie came out in terms of her acting. Oh, for like sure. That. I just, the beginning stuff with him is, 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 it's still gross, <laughs> but I do like, I, I, I understand the, oh man, what, what if I was like 15 years younger? It's just right. the, the more the sexual aspect of it. Right. That is, that's clear. But I do like the conversation that he finally has with her about Christopher Robin Yes, the poo conversation. The poo conversation. Yeah. I really do like that uh, right. whole conversation, right. which I feel like I've actually seen that scene before. But here's the thing. That conversation comes when she tells him, I have a crush on you, and it becomes real. And so then he immediately shoots it down. Well, I get that. So that's because he's saying. a real human. Other, if he didn't shoot that down, the movie would have completely devolved into something else. And you would completely hate Willie, and the movie would be right. not good to me. <laughs> But he does shoot her down and he says he comes to his senses and says, well, you know, this is that's why, like you said, if it was just her having the crush on him, mm -hmm. I would have liked it better. Right. If it was just him coming to her for her advice because he wants to be 13 again and it wasn't this relationship thing. And then all of a sudden she had a crush on him and he goes, oh, no. Right. I would have liked that better than it was clear from the start that he wanted to bang this 13 no, year old girl. I, no, it is see, clear from I, it's the not clear from I the even start. watched it with Elise and she was like, this is gross. And no, I was I think like, you, I see, like, here's I the thing. I think you're being hypersensitive to that. I think you're being <laughs> hypersensitive to that. I don't, I don't think that at all. There's a difference between liking attention and, you know, actively thinking. you're saying he's actively thinking about going over, you know, hooking up with her and kissing her. No way. I don't. I, I think you're being hypersensitive. I, I, I think you I both are being hypersensitive. <laughs> okay. You're a bunch of snowflakes. You need to understand. <laughs> but that's fine. I, I just don't. I, I respect your opinion. I just don't agree with it. I don't. I don't. I didn't view that. And the end of the movie, he gives her a kiss on the cheek. Mm -hmm. uh, like he because he says, like, goodbye, I'll see you later. And he's leaving. And he, right. she didn't know that that was coming. So, oh, so her reaction, her, smile her reaction is, is spontaneous, <laughs> um, which I thought was great. I guess like Demi told him to just kiss her on the cheek and she didn't know that was coming. And then she, Paul comes over. You're the neighbor of Lolita. You're the little scumbag uh, high school dropout. <laughs> I was like, oh. How's that feel? He's like, all right. Damn it. I was laughing so hard in the scene where he's crying with his... Uh, jeep when paul's crying when he's got he's plowing her driveway he's just <laughs> i was laughing so hard yeah i was like oh man either he's plowing her driveway clean or he's putting more snow in front of her garage door. it would have been funnier <laughs> if he was putting more snow on the garage but it doesn't make any sense to, for that to happen yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so I, I liked it either way but i thought that was a really funny moment did you know the band that was playing at the bar who that was they looked really familiar, and I actually wrote down. And I forgot to look it up. Who that it was. is the Afghan wigs that's up uh, playing on the bar. <laughs> <Just> heads up, <laughs> the '90s of '90s movies. Oh yeah, <laughs> sweet. All right, um, I recommend people to watch this if you like dialogue. If you like, I don't know. It's 
I think of all the indie films that you recommend and you really like, I think this is probably well, the, I need a baseline. Like, what are we talking like about? When you talk like, I don't know, we've, we've gone through a yeah, few of them and like, and like, I know you love clerks a lot and I have some issues with clerks, although I love clerks is really funny. I like, um, I like, well, <laughs> and I know it kind of started the whole move for, for the most part, started the movement of all this and mall rats and stuff. Like sure. That. Sure. I think this one is the most sincere. Okay. And I think that even though the beginning was a little like, oh, I hate these guys, you have to hate them to start to really learn to like them. Yeah. And I think this was probably like, this is one of the best nineties indie movies that I've seen where yet, yet so far that I've actually ended up being endeared to the characters and understanding the characters. Um, I think this is definitely one of the best ones I've seen so far. Uh, I will tell you this, that seeing Mira Savino's buttonfly jeans, I hated buttonfly jeans. I hated that they were fad. Oh man. Her bra was like so nineties. I was like, well, like, you know, you know so, cause they were, like, there's, oh, a, so pointy and so there's a scene when they're supposed to have, <laughs> they were supposed to have sex, uh, her and her husband, I guess, obviously they're fighting. So, you know, she's, it, it doesn't go well. And then she, she's talking, she puts on her jeans, button fly jeans. And I'm like, I hate, I, I had button fly jeans too. And I just, I had a couple of pairs. Yeah. Oh, I hated button fly jeans. What a pain Well, for girls. I mean, you're taking them all the way off anyway, but yeah, for dudes, it's pain. Like, <laughs> I, I still have shorts that are button fly. Oh, that's the worst. And that one button on the way in the bottom when I get unbuttoned, you're like, oh, you're going to have me get it. Yeah. I'm sure there's still button fly jeans out there, but zippers for me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, I'm, but I'm glad you liked some of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would definitely, I think you would definitely like being in a movie like that. Um, oh, yeah. 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 But um, all right. So I guess we are done. I would think we were. Yeah. Go ahead. Where, where can they find us? Unless you want to do the, unless you want me to do that. And then you can tell everyone else the movie for next week. I'll, I'll tell them where they can find us. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to see if you want to change it up. Oh, you want to change it up? That's fine. No, I don't. No, 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 no. I like, I like the usual stuff. I'm good. <laughs> okay. I'm good. Go ahead. Go. You can find us at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. You can also find us wherever podcasts are available, including the one you're listening to right now. And if you are listening to this once it ends, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps get our word out. You know, it helps us uh, immensely when you do that. And it takes a little effort from you guys. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, brother. You can also find us on the social medias at Forgotten Cinema Pod or Forgotten Cinema. We post every day of the week, pretty much. Uh, and we have fun little commercials that we do every Thursday for our upcoming episodes or our recently released episodes. What are we going to do for this one? Are you going to play Marty and I'll be Willie? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> So yeah, that's where you can find us. Sweet. And next week, we're going to be staying in the 90s. We're going to go a year later. We're doing Romy and Michelle's high school reunion, which Butler's mother hates. I don't know why she hates it, because it's I so stupid. It's like so it. stupid and ridiculous that it's funny. <laughs> uh, you know, I love Jeannie Groffel in this movie. She's fantastic. She's fantastically mean in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's next week, Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. If you're looking for a movie to watch this cold February uh, month, I recommend Beautiful Girls. Uh and that's it. And I'm done. And I'm Mike Field. But I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema.